0: Welcome to Life, Right to Life of Michigan's bi-weekly podcast going in-depth on pro-life news and issues. I'm your host, Chris Gast, RLM's Director of Communication and Education. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. I'm going to be struggling to concentrate in this podcast. We have a a potluck lunch in the office, and I have a crockpot full of green bean casserole cooking, Uh, but I am going to get through it. I'd hope to talk to you today with some more details about the replacement for Obamacare, but at this point it looks like the current proposal that is uh, being pushed by House Speaker Paul Ryan uh, and President Trump may not be the final proposal. Uh, it's going through the legislative process. It didn't get quite the uh, positive reception that a lot of people were hoping for. It does have a couple very positive points from a pro-life perspective. Uh, it defunds Planned Parenthood for one year, um, which is, I guess, the it's the same process we used for the Hyde Amendment going year by year. It's a little difficult because Obamacare was originally passed uh, using reconciliation. Now, reconciliation is supposed to only be for budgetary stuff, uh, but the Democrats cheated. They broke the rules, cheated, uh, passed a bunch of regulations in there, and of course, they lost uh, many, many elections since then. Uh, now, the current House proposal is kind of on the well, you could say the conservative end. Um, trying to deal mostly with financial stuff and dealing with some of the regulation stuff later, not using reconciliation. The problem with that is Democrats can filibuster those things. Um, So, again, there's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, We haven't really... Focused heavily on it because uh, it looks like that the current uh, proposal is not going to be the final one. It's going to have quite a few amendments before it's all said and done. But when it gets to the critical points in that debate, we will keep you informed. Obviously right now we're focusing uh, next week on Monday. Uh, Just a couple days from now, hearings for Justice Neil Gorsuch begin at the Supreme Court. Go to our website, rtl.org, for a bunch of information on him, things that you can do, uh, mainly contacting your senators, Debbie Stabenow, Gary Peters, letting them know you don't want them to filibuster. Uh, So really encourage you to do that. We did have a surprisingly, well, surprisingly positive pro-life Newsweek last two weeks, despite uh, all this action on Obamacare being a little muted. So, first off, I'd like to revisit, as I know we've done several times, the death of Cree Irwin in Michigan. Uh, we finally, on uh, Tuesday, March 14th, had the, her death certificate and her uh, heavily redacted autopsy report published online. Um, we uh, gotten a copy. Operation Rescue, which we've been working with uh, the pro life citizen journalist Lynn Mills in Michigan, who does Great work getting all this stuff, because the news media won't. Uh, but Lynn Mills obtained these. And finally, we were able to confirm, we've long suspected, but we are able to confirm that abortion killed uh, Cree Irwin. Her death was a result of her abortion at the Kalamazoo Planned Parenthood facility uh, at, in June 30, 2016. She later died on the 4th of July in the early morning hours. The autopsy report is... Very heavily redacted, um, the death certificate clearly says that uh, the cause of her death was a blood clot in her uterus that traveled to her young or excuse me her lung, um, and that the cause of the blood clot was a perforated uterus uh, following her first trimester vacuum uh, aspiration abortion and IUD placement. Um, some abortion clinics do both at the same time, do the abortion and put an IUD in Both of those procedures have a risk of uterine perforation. Uh, Now the autopsy did mention, interestingly, that uh, methadone contributed to her death, but again, her autopsy was heavily redacted, and we don't know. And um, speculation on the part of Operation Rescue, um, which could certainly be the case, is the medical examiner uh, is doing that to protect the abortionist, which wouldn't be the first time these sorts of things happen. For example, her death was originally covered by a couple, couple news story uh, news outlets, but those news outlets haven't covered the fact that now we know that abortion caused her death. And so uh, we're going to stay tuned. Uh, we're going to keep working on it. Hopefully we can get some more answers. Uh, if you want to see her death certificate and her autopsy report for yourself, again, go to our website, rtl.org, uh, link to our blog has all the information, um, including the police report and the 911 call, um, all the information about her death. Very tragic, her family grieving. She left behind a one-year-old son uh, who who has no mom now and someday is going to have to be told this story. And hopefully the story will end with some sort of consequences for Planned Parenthood if they had acted uh, negligently. Which, again, we don't know because her autopsy report has been heavily redacted. Another good story. Well, I wouldn't call that one a good story. It's very tragic. Uh, It's good that we finally get these details. But this one is a legitimately good story involving an abortion clinic. Uh, If you maybe read a story a couple of months ago in the summer, a pro-life sidewalk counselor, uh, Kimberly Thames, I'm guessing her uh, name is pronounced Thames, was arrested and jailed for almost three days she had been uh... sidewalk counseling outside of the abortion clinic in westland michigan which is uh... a northland family planning clinic owned by renee chilean who is one of the more notorious abortion clinic owners in the state if you remember a couple of uh, months ago she was recorded by david delighting at a abortion uh, trade conference joking about hauling the bodies of aborted babies up north for a bonfire um, waste management companies don't exactly like dealing with uh, human corpses and uh, certainly an abortion clinic creates many human corpses and she was having problems finding ways to deal with the unborn children of course not in a very dignified manner but uh, Kathy Tames excuse me Kimberly Thames was sidewalk counseling, as she generally does. Uh, A nun was with her um, peacefully, and she went to go to her car, and when she came back, the police were there, and they arrested her. Apparently, what had happened is Renee Chellion and her staff made a false 911 call saying that Kimberly was threatening to bomb the clinic, and so she was being held by the police under terrorism charges. And again, all she was doing was praying outside of the clinic. So uh, after her imprisonment, she sued in court. And we found out uh, Tuesday, the same day as we got the details on Cree Irwin's death, that she won her court case. Uh, The U.S. District Court for the Eastern District in Michigan ruled against Northland Family Planning. Uh, It only fined them $2,000, which is, I think, a little ridiculous for spending three days in a jail, uh, based on only the evidence of uh, abortion clinic staff, but again, very rarely is a abortion clinic held responsible for their misdeeds. And so, this case we can celebrate that Northland Family Planning and Renee Chellian, even though it's a small fine, they lost in court. Hopefully that will dissuade them from making up false 911 calls in the future to intimidate pro-life sidewalk counselors. A lot of abortion supporters like to claim that uh, those sidewalk counselors are intimidating. Now, I've heard a lot of crazy stories. My only experience with sidewalk counselors is very peaceful, very giving, very easygoing and understanding. People. Our sidewalk counselor, her town in Grand Rapids, used to shovel the walk for the abortionist in doing anything she can to try to reach him and get him to stop doing what he's doing. So it's very unfortunate that abortion supporters say these people are intimidating women. Often all they do is they have a sign saying, if you need help, uh, they try to hand her literature. You know, they 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 really want to get her out, you know, we'll, they'll give her help, they'll take her to her pregnancy center, which can provide her with actual, real planning for parenthood, unlike a Planned Parenthood. Um, but, you know, what happens is, a lot of times, these sidewalk counselors are the ones intimidated um, by staff at abortion clinics. Uh, the one in Ann Arbor had a, maybe they still do have a notorious uh, clinic escort who, constantly trolls the sidewalk counselors there. Um anyone in this case making a fight a false nine one one call and losing a court case over it. So it's it's very positive, very encouraging when you see abortion clinics held accountable, which again is very rare. One more story I wanted to cover, which is a pretty interesting story. Um Donald Trump uh in the campaign, Donald Trump got a little criticism from pro-lifers because he said that uh, Planned Parenthood does good things, but they do abortions, and so I'm going to defund them. And, of course, that's not a direct quote. That was his basic reasoning. Um, uh, you really wish that uh, you know a, an organization like Planned Parenthood that does 330,000 abortions a year, which would basically make them the third leading cause of death in America if you counted abortion more than Alzheimer's, kidney disease, uh, suicides, gun homicides, a couple other things um, that are on there in the top ten list of causes of death. Planned Parenthood is greater than all that. And so it is very hard to hear anyone complimenting them for anything when they're engaged in the activities they are. Uh, But um, there was a method to the madness, Uh, Again, Mr. Art of the Deal, Uh, President Trump was setting the frame of the debate that, um, again, pro-lifers don't have anything against, you know, pap tests or manual breast exams, STD tests, anything like that. Uh, Our problem with Planned Parenthood, of course, is they kill three hundred and thirty, three hundred twenty, three hundred thirty thousand people a year. That's a massive loss of life. That's our problem with them. And so uh, President Trump officially, unofficially, made made an unofficial proposal to Planned Parenthood. They could continue getting their federal funding if they stopped performing abortions. He floated this trial balloon in the media. Well, what did Planned Parenthood say? No surprise. Uh, Their CEO, Cecile Richards, fired back. She took to Twitter saying that, They are proud to provide abortions and that abortion is a necessary service. This is a quote. A necessary service that's as vital to our mission as birth control or cancer screenings. So it's unsurprising they said no. It is surprising that their CEO, Cecile Richards, just came out and said it. That abortion is inseparable from Planned Parenthood. Now what do you often hear about them? They always come out with that Lame talking point that only 3% of their services involve abortion. Now again, as we've talked about repeatedly, it's not true. If you divide 323,999 abortions, which they did in 2014, by 2.5 million clients, which they served in 2014, that doesn't equal 3%. There's no math system in the world that gets you 3% out of that. Uh, I believe it's 12%, uh, 10 to 12% off the top of my head. Um, And then you look at the fact that uh, they do a million pregnancy tests every year. Now, what what happens after a pregnancy test at Planned Parenthood? Everyone knows what happens. Planned Parenthood, I uh, don't have the numbers right in front of me, but they provide more than 100 abortions for every single adoption referral uh, they do. It's a massive number of abortions. 99.5% of the time at Planned Parenthood. Again, don't don't quote me on that. I don't have that number right in front of me. Uh, you can do that math yourself. Uh, go to our website on our Planned Parenthood page where we spell all that out. Um, but almost every time you get a pregnancy test at Planned Parenthood and it's positive, you're having an abortion. That's why they do pregnancy test. You divide 1 million by 2.5 million. That's not 3%. That's more than a third of their services. So, I mean, we can beat that horse to death. But now we have Planned Parenthood's CEO in her own words saying that abortion is inseparable from their mission. Can you think of any other organization out there that only devotes 3% of their effort, time, and money to uh, something that is a critical part of their mission? A necessary vital part of their mission as much as all the other stuff that they talk about till they're blue in the face oh we do birth control, we do cancer screenings these are what we do, these are so important well abortion needs to be in that right along with those two in conversations moving forward Planned Parenthood can't sit there with their stupid 3% gimmick which is only designed to confuse even their own supporters they don't even want their own supporters to know how many abortions they do think about that for a minute I've used this example before. you know if you're a widget company, you want everyone to know how many widgets you sold. You know if you're a motor company, you want people to know how many cars you sold. Do you want to take people on the tours of the factory floor, look at how efficient we are, uh, look how our sales are increasing. Um, look at how great our cars are, um, you know all those dumb car ads you see all the time. That's all the car company you want people to see. But Planned Parenthood purposefully puts this stuff out here not only to deceive the general public, but to deceive and indoctrinate their own supporters. We don't do that. Our goal as a pro-life organization is to get most accurate statistics in the hands of our supporters so they can make effective arguments. Planned Parenthood deceives their own people. They have a ton of people who are I would call themselves pro-choice wandering around who honestly believe that only 3% of what Planned Parenthood does is abortion. And you try to quote Planned Parenthood's own numbers to them and they're like, oh, these are made up. That's not true. How is that possible? It's kind of crazy. But now, no longer can Planned Parenthood just simply trot out that 3% gimmick. Nothing could be a necessary service Vital to their mission that is not what they do most of the time. And so um, if you hear again that three percent gimmick, uh, you know, by all means use the numbers to de- to debunk it, but you know, simply quote their own CEO, abortion is vital to our mission, necessary service. This is also important because again, Uh, They always claim that, well, they get tons of, you know, almost half their budget from the taxpayer. But, again, all that goes to medical services. Well, you know, that's just an accounting gimmick, too. Um, If you get half of your budget from the government, uh, all the staff that help with abortions, all facilities where you perform them, uh, the leadership, uh, right down to your accounting department, your legal department, all that stuff is, is getting ha- almost half of their money from the taxpayers. Um, there's no way they separate that out. There's no way they have. Oh, this is our little abortion clinic um, with its own separate accounting staff and its own separate leadership and separate. St-. They don't do that at all. They just put some number towards uh, the tax money they get, and they say, "Oh, well, this percentage is um, what we do is." Uh, not abortion-related, and this percentage is. And so we can get reimbursed for this percentage. And I can guarantee you that their percentage for reimbursement is not 97%, which legitimately, if only 3% of their services are abortion, therefore they ought to be able to reimburse with tax dollars 97% of everything in their budget. I know, though, that's not the number that they use. Because, again, it's illegal, to use tax dollars to pay directly for abortions in the United States and so um, really when abortion is inseparable from their mission really what's being said there is our tax dollars are inseparable from abortion so the next time someone tries to claim Planned Parenthood doesn't spend money on abortions simply tell them hey they in their own words they said abortion inseparable part of their mission, it's vital, necessary, our tax dollars just can't be separated from their core mission, When, especially when we're funding almost half of their organization. And so it's past time to stop coercing American taxpayers into having to donate to Planned Parenthood. Time to end that. And so, hopefully... Again, as we get deeper into the Obamacare debate here in the next few weeks, um, all the votes will line up, and for the first time in our history, we will have defunded Planned Parenthood, and they will have to rely on their own supporters and their own organizational support for their funding, and not you and me, who obviously are really heartbroken at just the sheer loss of life every year that Planned Parenthood engages in. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of LifeBeat. Join us again in two weeks where we're going to give you updates on the Neil Gorsuch nomination hearings and hopefully a vote will be happening uh, the week after that podcast and we'll have a new Supreme Court Justice. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful weekend.